Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Let's get into the Word today. Come on, what I'm going to share with you today is, is a, a, personal, it's a, a personal message. It means a lot to me. And um, we've been talking about loneliness. And last week we started this loneliness, not alone. And we talked about last week about how the description of, uh, of loneliness through uh, secular psychology is, is that it's a perceived social isolation or a perceived gap between what you want from your social relationships and where you are. It's this idea in your mind. Now, it's not always not real or all, not always just an idea in my head. In some cases, loneliness is real and that there is a disconnection between you and uh, a person or there might be a disconnection between you and God. So I want you to hear me. I'm not saying that's always the case, but in, in, in most cases, loneliness, often a, a sense of isolation, a sense of being alone, stems from this perception of a gap between myself and a relationship, or myself and my relationship with God. There's a perceived gap, and that perceived gap is called loneliness. And often that loneliness, can uh, we can respond in all sorts of ways. But as we talked about last week, loneliness is, is uh, absolutely attached to our identity is attached to our self-esteem. It's attached to how we see ourselves. And so our identity, whenever our, lo- our self-esteem goes low, our loneliness goes up. And when our loneliness goes up, what happens is, is it causes all sorts of different emotions to happen in our life. Maybe there's fear that comes from maybe not being able to engage in relationships or fear of losing those relationships or fear that you can't maintain those relationships. Or maybe it's discouragement. I know that our self-esteem leads to a loneliness and loneliness leads to a bit of fear and fear leads to a bit of discouragement. And then we feel like we're broken into a million pieces and we're trying to put it all back together and we feel disconnected, we feel isolated and we feel alone and we feel like, gosh, I just can't seem to put all of this together. There's something, there's a gap, I don't know what to do. And what I talked about last week was that there's good news. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've never once been alone in your life. That God has been with you from the beginning of time before the foundation of time, before you were born, as you were being uh, uh, developed and created and under seclusion. God has been with you since day one. God is always with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never abandon you. Come on, praise God about that. Today, what we're going to talk about is the purpose of loneliness in your life. We're going to talk about the purpose of that loneliness and why are we lonely. And sometimes it can feel when we're lonely that there's something missing in our lives. We can feel like there's just something missing. We feel at times that in this seasons of loneliness, maybe it's a moment of loneliness or maybe it's a chronic loneliness, that something's missing. I feel like I'm not being fruitful with my life. I feel like, man, I feel like I'm being barren in my life. It feels like I just can't seem to produce the fruit that I want to produce in my life. I feel like almost as though this loneliness creates a bit of a sense of, man, am I just wasting my life away? It's this gap. It feels like there's something missing in our lives. And what I want to point out to you today is that loneliness is a signpost to something deeper going on in your life. Loneliness is a signpost to something deeper that is going on in your life. Loneliness doesn't, as we'll talk about today, doesn't often have to do with your external circumstances. 
Loneliness often has to do with what's going on on the inside of your heart and in your life. There is something deep inside of us that is, that is going on. There's something deeply rooted in our heart that's going on. And when we are lonely, it is an internal trigger that God is wanting to do something deeper in us. When you are lonely, recognize today that it is an internal trigger that was put there by God to cause you to want to be closer to Him. It puts you in a position where the disconnect, this missing piece, this gap, can only be filled by the presence of God in your life. And no matter how I try to fill it with all of these things in my life, there are seasons that God takes us through where this loneliness has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside, but God is simply trying to deepen something inside of you. He's simply trying to deepen who you are. He's simply trying to work in your life. This is a season that happens in many of our lives. All throughout scripture, in fact, we see this. Moses was on the backside of a desert for 40 years alone. David was on the backside of a hill uh, with the, on the countryside, the pasture side, as a shepherd alone. We see Joseph was in the prison and was in Potiphar's house on the cistern alone. We see that Jesus would spend time alone with God intentionally. Not only that, he spent 40 days uh, in the wilderness, uh, not drinking water, not eating food alone. There was seasons of these individuals' lives where God would lead them into a place of loneliness where nothing on the outside could truly meet or fill that void. The only thing that could ultimately fill the void is that this is the presence of the Lord, recognizing that there is something absolutely deeper going on in my life and nothing externally can fix it. We have to recognize that these seasons as followers of Jesus often happen. I remember a time in my life, and I, as I was reflecting on this, this is very personal to me because I've been through this many times in my life. These seasons of, of deep loneliness where you know, you're married and you've got great kids and you've got a great home and things seem to be going well and you've got a great job and life is going pretty darn good, but yet still, there's this gnawing in my soul. There's this sense in me that I just feel like something's not right. I just feel like there's a disconnect. I just feel like there's a gap. I just feel like there's just something not right. And I remember a time when I was 18 years old and I was a part of an amazing church. My granduncle started the church many years prior, and the church was a, lar a larger church, you know, a couple of thousand folks. And I, gr I basically grew up in the pew of that church. I was born into the pew. I mean, I went to the elementary school. I went to the middle school. I went to the high school. I went to the internship. I went to the Bible college. I mean, it was kind of a bubble. Literally, the church is a big bubble. It's literally a bubble, a dome. But uh, I was in a bubble, and it was like I was in this place where I knew everybody, and everybody knew me. And man, I had had prophetic words over my life in that place, and I went on missions trips in that place, and I had lifelong friendships that I went to school with my entire life, and my parents were in ministry in that place. Things were going relatively well. The church was great. Family was great. I had a great job. I was going to grad, you know, I was in an internship. Things were good, but something happened that altered that. A church uh, in that church was going to be planted and my parents and my brother and my sister-in-law and their family felt the Lord call them to go with this church plant. I didn't feel like the Lord was calling me to do that, but he felt, they felt, they believed the Lord called them to do that. And so they obeyed the Lord. It was a hard decision. And they, they launched out with this church plant and they launched out into this new season. And here I was, felt like I was alone amongst this great church. I felt like something was changing in my life. 
something began to stir on the inside of me, and I began to feel this deep, deep loneliness set in. And often, whenever we begin to feel this deep, deep loneliness set in, our natural response is to find out why. We want to find out why, and generally, what we do is, is we look on the external, and we try to find the reasons who caused this to happen to me. So I, we start to look around and say, man, it must be my friends. My friends aren't true friends. Or maybe you say, oh, it must be, you know, it must be uh, my job or my career. Or maybe you say, man, my family abandoned me. Or the big one that happens in churches is you start to feel this internal loneliness or this gnawing in your soul. And you start to think, man, something's wrong with the church. Something's wrong with the pastor. Something's wrong. They don't connect with me or they don't reach out to me. They don't say hi to me. I begin to feel lonely amongst people, lonely amongst the church, lonely amongst the great job, lonely amongst my family, lonely. And I feel, begin to feel this inner sense of abandonment in my heart and in my life. Many of us try to find an external reason why this is happening when in reality it has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside. Nothing's wrong with the church. Our friends are good friends. Nothing's wrong with your family. God wants to do something deep in your life. And so I don't know, I came into this season and I began to question, is this church right for me? And are my friends really true friends? I've been friends with them for 18 years of my whole life. Like, uh, you know, did my parents abandon me? Or did, did, I, did this person, you know, did this, did this pastor let me down? Or, you know, am I not in the right spot for God? I began to question all these things. And honestly, during that time, I, I went to church. I went to church alone. I had all these friends. That now I'm sitting in the back row and I'm feeling disconnected and I'm feeling frustrated and I'm feeling this deep, deep sense in my soul gnawing at the innermost part of my soul. Something is missing in my life. And I made some poor decisions. Now, I ended up going to that church plant. I felt like that was the right choice. I felt like I did the right thing. But in the midst of that, I kind of abandoned the pastors who pastored me my whole life. I kind of just said peace and 18 years just disappeared. I'm leaving. Oh, wow. It was just not a good transition I didn't handle it very well. And friends I'd grown up with, I, I'm not even friends with a lot of them today, even though I spent my whole formative years with them. And I just made some really poor decisions in that season. I blamed the church. I blamed my friends. Instead of recognizing that God had brought me into a season where he wanted to take me deeper into a relationship with him. He wanted to dig something deeper into my heart. Ultimately, God wanted me to know him better. He wanted to deepen something inside of me. And I realized that during the season, even though this gnawing in my soul was accurate and I felt lonely and I felt disconnected from people and disconnected from God. And remember, I'm a Christian. I was in ministry. I mean, I was, you know, I was a good Christian guy, but I just felt like there was something missing. And I realized, man, there must be something going on that's deeper. And what happened is I realized that this loneliness was a deep, holy haunting in my soul for the presence of God. There was this haunting of my soul. It was this constant, constant haunting, this holy beckoning of God that there must be something more than this. And ultimately, my soul was longing for the presence of God. It was the voice of the Holy Spirit drawing me forward. It was the voice of, of ancient voice that was before eternity that was calling out my name throughout the universe, calling to my heart the depth 
of God and the depths of his love and the depths of his mercy and the depths of his identity and the depths and the, the, the height and the width of the enormity of God was calling to the depths of my depravity and the depths of my brokenness and the depths of my need for something more than what was going on in my external world. It was this deep need for the presence of the Lord. And this deep need that we feel if we don't recognize it, if we don't recognize that this is God ultimately trying to get our heart. Ultimately, this is God trying to get us and not get us in a bad way. He's going to get us. <laughs> He's trying to get us like he wants our heart. What happens is, what happens most whenever we begin to feel this loneliness is that we pull away from what we need most, which is the presence of the Lord. And when we feel this sense of missing, we think, oh, I need to get a better career. I need to quit my job. or I need to go to another church. or I need to get a new relationship. or I get a new hobby. Maybe it's fly fishing or maybe it's baking or maybe, which aren't bad, but hey, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. When in reality, what I do is all I know in depths of my soul that deep is calling out to deep. That the depths of God is calling out to the depths of my depravity. That, that, that every single time I try to meet my need elsewhere, it just doesn't satisfy. Because I know that if I lean towards God in his holy presence, he'll begin to do ministry into my life. And honestly, I'm not super excited about that. I don't want God to touch the areas of my heart of loneliness or brokenness or bitterness or depravity. I don't want God to touch the areas of selfishness. I don't want God to work in my life because I know it just feels like he's stretching me and deepening me and making me more like him. And ultimately, I would rather fly fish. I would rather go and to the pub with my buddies. I would rather go and watch a movie. I would rather do at times anything else than be in the presence of a holy God. Why? Because he answers this part of me that I don't want to talk about, the fact that I lack in my identity and I'm insecure and I'm broken. I've got areas of bitterness and attitude and wounds from the past. And as we spend time with the Holy Spirit, this holy haunting of God begins to deepen something in our heart that only God can satisfy inside of us. And what happens is, is if we don't lean into God during the loneliness, if we don't turn that loneliness into moments with God, what happens is, is that chasm gets larger. That gap we feel gets bigger. The gap we feel means I got to have more relationship or more coping mechanisms and more things. And there's a distance and in our heart aches for more of God. When in reality, we don't realize that's what absolutely is happening is that we just need more of God. But as we don't lean in, the chasm gets larger and larger and larger and larger until we live in a chronic place of loneliness, thinking external things will fix it. See, what I'm helping you understand today that this is the truth, that the missing part is only found in Jesus. The missing part is only found in a personal relationship with him. He absolutely completes what's missing, and that's why our loneliness has to become a sacred place for God. That when we feel that disconnect and we feel that gap, these is when we can turn our loneliness into times of aloneness with God. Yeah. 
We take that loneliness and we build a sacred altar of worship and prayer. We built an altar on top of the loneliness and the depravity of our heart and say, God, I know this is you drawing me into you. I know this is the depths of your love calling to the depths of my depravity. And I'm going to lean into your presence like, I'm gonna, like never before. I'm going to build an altar on my loneliness. I'm going to create a sacred place not a secular place, not a place that can be met for a moment, but I'm going to create a place where I know that I can be deepened and go farther and go further. And I recognize that I had to turn my loneliness into aloneness with God. Of a phrase that has been echoing through my ears for weeks, but also as I think back to that season, was this phrase that deep calls to deep. Deep calls unto deep. And if you think about where that came from and you, you think about the scripture and, and you turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 42. Psalms chapter 42, verses one to two and verses five to eight. We come into this verse and we see in the scripture that it's the sons of Korah, which were priests in the temple of God, were writing this psalm on behalf of David. So they were writing this psalm as they looked at David, as they experienced this encounter with David. They were saying, this is what we feel like David is. We're trying to express for David what he's feeling. And here's David. And it says, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. Do you sense there's a chasm, there's a gap. He's saying, my soul is thirsty. There's a, there's a chasm and a gap between me and the living God. I just want your presence. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Look at this. When can I go and meet with God? There must be something missing there. When can I go and meet with my God? He's, he's articulating that there's a, there's a gnawing in his soul that just needs the very presence of God. I just pant for you with streams of water because my soul is parched and I'm dry and I'm disconnected and I'm alone and I'm, I feel lonely and I feel discouraged and I, I feel separated and I feel lost and I feel like oh, there's just a chasm, there's a gap. When can I meet with you, God? When can you close this gap? When can you fill this area of my life that nothing else has been able to satisfy? Here, David is... The sons of Korah articulate on behalf of David this idea. And he says this in Psalms, verse 5, I'm sorry. It says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God. Sounds familiar for our current context. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise, praise among the festive throng. We used to go to the house of the Lord and I would be in his presence and I would sense his spirit and he would fill me with his love and the depths of God's unconditional love would ultimately fill me in the areas where no one else and nothing else could. And then the next verse says that David is downcast. He's downcast. Why are you so downcast on my soul? Why are you so burdened? Why are you so heavy? Why are you so lost? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you feeling this, this, that you're broken into a million pieces? Why is my soul so discouraged? So the context of this verse here today was that the sons of Korah wrote this at a time in the life of David when David was beyond years. He was an older man and he had his children and Absalom had decided that he wanted to take over the kingdom. 
So Absalom did a coup and he, he, he gathered people around him and he declared that, that Absalom is now the king of Israel and David in, in fear and worry, he escaped the place of Jerusalem and he brought the Ark of the Covenant with him. He grabbed the Ark of the Covenant and says, get the Ark of the Covenant, I'm bringing the presence of the Lord with me. But, the, but he felt convicted and said, nope, the presence of God needs to stay in Jerusalem. It needs to stay in the temple where it belongs. So I'm going to let the presence of God go back into Jerusalem and back into the temple where it's supposed to be. And me and these people are going to flee. And the sons of Korah wrote Psalms 42 as a picture of what David must have been feeling when he was running away for his life, when his son had abandoned him, when he felt alone and rejected and abandoned. And as he looked back at the Jerusalem, at the temple of God, at the presence of God, that now there was a separation between David and the presence of God. He was feeling this chasm between him as he ran away for his life, away from the very temple and the very place where God's presence dwelt. He says, when can I go and meet with my God? My soul thirsts and pants. There was now a chasm. There was now a bridge. There was now a break, breakdown between him and God's presence. And he began to feel this loneliness and this abandonment and this discouragement. And his soul was downcast and he was broken. Why? Because this gap had been created that was only filled by the presence of the Lord. And he says in this verse, as David continues in verse 6 and 7, he says, my soul is downcast. It's downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you, he says, from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls a deep and the roar of your waterfalls. As he began to travel through the land of Jordan, he looked up and saw Mount Hermon, the heights of Mount Hermon and the heights of Mount Mizar. And, and they had different streams of water that would crash down. The water would crash down. This waterfalls would come down. And as they hit the, the depths of the waterfall from above, would crash against the depths of the crystal water from below. And he looked at that and he remembered, oh my gosh, deep is calling to deep. The, the depths of this beautiful for the source of life is pouring itself down onto the depths below and it fills it up. Oh, deep calls unto deep. How I long for the only thing that will satisfy this loneliness in my soul. This deep calling to deep. I remember when I look at this mountaintop and the creation and the splendor of the majesty of God, how he would lavish his love on his people and it would fill the depths of my soul. David in this story is experiencing something deep, calls to deep. This holy, haunt, this holy haunting, this holy discontent, this sense that something's missing is when you and I find ourselves distancing ourselves from the presence of the Lord. When you and I are, are maybe running in fear in our life or we're feeling discouraged or you're feeling like, man, my marriage is not doing well and it's causing a, a disconnect from me and the Lord or man, my job, I don't feel satisfied or this. I want you to know you can silence the voices that say that it's something else. The only thing that it stems to in the end of all the, in the end of the day is the fact that this is God drawing you back into his presence. It's the Lord wooing you. He says, my, the depths of my love are calling out to the depravity in the depths of your soul. And the depths of your soul are calling out to the great deep love of God. 
The depths of God's love is calling out to the depths of your depravity. And the depths of your depravity are calling out to the depths of God's love. And this chasm will be filled by the very presence of the Lord. And that's when the loneliness begins to subside and the roots begin to be deepened and fruitfulness begins to come from your life even though your situation hasn't changed. We see an interesting word here, this, this word deep. This word deep is actually used in Genesis chapter 1, 2. And it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Very fascinating, these two definitions, the word deep and the word hovering. The word deep in this verse, the Hebrew word actually means, to, it means the, the idea is to be distracted or to be roaring. The word, of, the, the word deep is, it's disrupted, it's uncomfortable. The word deep here has this idea in this context, the same word, T-E-H-O-M, tahom in the Hebrew, is the same word that the sons of Korah use. It was almost like they were referring back to this void that was before time. Almost speaking back to this sense that but it says that, that, that there was a deep darkness that over the surface of the deep, deep void. And that word hover there is a fascinating word. The word has a very emotional sense to it. It means that it moved with affection. It moved with tender care. The word actually speaks to the idea of cherishing. So when the Spirit of God began to move over the deep, He began to pour His creative life over this empty void. And He began to create life and create His people and create relationship. And from the very beginning of time, we see that the same void that existed before time exists in you and me. And yet God comes to hover over, to move over the areas of our heart where we feel disconnected and we feel broken. And he begins to, with gracious love and tender mercies. In fact, look what David said in verse, verse 8 here. I'm going to skip through this verse, this one here. This is what his response was, yet. Look at that word, yet. So I said all that, yet, day by day. Look at this. The Lord pours. Imagine a void. Imagine a deep. Imagine an empty basin. Imagine the brokenness, the, the, the parched land, the, the, the depths, the depravity. And he begins to pour his love into the depths of your soul and your depravity. And he pours his steadfast love upon you. He begins to pour his love and his grace, his identity, his mercy. And then David said, well, through the night, I begin to sing songs of praise. and I begin to pray out to God. See, here David's teaching us. He's showing us this is how to fill that void. He says, as I begin to draw close to the Lord, and he began to fill that depravity, begin to fill the areas of my life, I just found myself beginning to sing a song. I just found myself beginning to talk to the Lord and I began, the chasm began to close and day by day, he just kept pouring his steadfast love upon me. Day by day, he just kept speaking to me. Day by day, he just kept ministering to me. And soon enough, I recognized that it wasn't a career change and it wasn't me needing to get divorced and marry somebody else and it wasn't my children's problem and it wasn't my finance problem and it wasn't the, war, the pandemic we're facing. It was a deep, void in my own heart that was only filled by the presence of the Lord. That chasm is filled by the presence of Jesus. He hovers. 
The Spirit of God ministers. Look at this verse in Psalms 107. Look at this. He transforms a dry, lonely desert into pools of living water. He transforms parched ground into lively springs. See, when you and I are faced with this loneliness, we have a choice. Are we going to deny what we know is the truth? But deep in our heart, we're disconnected from the Lord. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you're not a disciple. It doesn't mean that you're not a follower of God and don't do your devotions and things like that. All this means is God brings you into seasons where he's saying, come closer. Draw into me and I will draw near to you. Let me pour out my love upon you. Yeah, I know you love me, son and daughter. I know that you follow me. I know you're, you're, you're doing great. But I want to know you better. I want to know you more. I want to draw you close to me. Draw you further into my presence. Draw you further into my voice. Draw you further into who I've created you to be so that you can have an increased identity and an increased security in who I am or who you are in me. And what happens is, is that loneliness begins to subside and you walk with a fresh confidence knowing that God has turned my dry place into a, a lively pool of water. And I know now that, that man, he pours out his steadfast love upon me day after day. And that's why I'm singing and that's why I'm praying. Why? Because I'm drawing closer and closer and closer to my creator. When I was in this season, what I would do was, and this is just how I dealt with it, very similar to what David says in this verse in Psalms 42. I used to drive about an hour and 15 minutes away up the I-84, the Columbia Gorge, and I would drive all the way up to a place called Cascade Locks. Beautiful big trees and raging waters, and there was a bridge called the Bridge of the Gods. <laughs> and I would park at this place and go to this restaurant called Charburger. And I would sit there on these massive booths with this food I probably shouldn't be eating, and I would bring like tons of Bibles because back in the day we didn't have apps. So I had to bring every version of the Bible with me. I had to bring the message of the NIV, the NLT, the NASB, the ELT. I'd bring it all. So I had a big backpack with like 18 Bibles and I would read through them. And honestly, I just leaned into the Lord. I, this gnawing in my soul wasn't fixed by being with people. This gnawing in my soul was being fixed by being with my God. And as I begin to spend time with him and I begin to journal and I begin to think and pray, honestly, that began to subside. The, this sense, this gnawing began to go away. Not that it had ever come back, but it began, to, it began to solve itself. And the reason it solved itself is because I was drawing closer to my creator. I was drawing closer to God. I was knowing more of his word. I was knowing more of who he is and who he says that I am. I was more and more confident in the loneliest season of my life than I had ever been before. Why? Because I recognize that this is the Lord saying, deep calls to deep. And he's calling you today. This word is predominantly for those watching today who would call themselves disciples and followers of Jesus. You see, Ryan, I sense this disconnect. I, I thought it was the pandemic. I thought it was face masks, or I thought it was fear. I thought it was this. And those all could play a part in it. But I believe at the core of it all, it's the Lord drawing you closer to him. And maybe you're watching today and you want to make a fresh start and walk with the Lord. Or maybe you're watching today and you don't know Jesus at all. And you say, man, I feel that. Is that what that is? That's called eternity that God's written on your heart. And he wants to fill it today. 
He wants to fill you with his love and his grace and his mercy and transform your life and turn those dry, lonely places into pools of living water. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for those watching today. Lord, I just trust today, Father, that every person watching has been, has been brought here by you. I pray for those today, God, who would call themselves followers of you, God. I pray that, that this message resonates in their spirit, that they just feel like something's missing. I pray today, God, that you would draw them closer to you, that, the, that those individuals would not be afraid to know that when they get into the presence of the Lord, you are gentle, you are affectionate, you are, you are kind, and you want to minister to their hearts today. And I pray for those that are watching today who don't know you, God. The Bible says that we, if we believe with our mouth, confess with our mouth, and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. And today, you can experience that in your life. God, we pray for those who are watching. Today, they would make a personal commitment to follow you, that they would confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. They would get today a part of a great local church and begin experiencing the abundant life that God has for them. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you uh, gave your life to Jesus, if you need prayer, or you'd like to know more about our church, would you email us today, info at lovecitychurch.ca. We want to get you connected to the right people, get to know you, and make sure we can help you on your journey with God and get going forward and living that abundant life that God has for you now and in the life to come. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.